I want to walk through uh, just a single verse today, Luke 9. We're going to be doing a water baptismal service later today, and I want to go through one of the images connected with baptism, and that's the denial of self. When you embrace the claims of Christ, you discover that it's not all about you. And in fact, when you, um, when you say that you're going to follow Christ, you essentially are saying it's His agenda, not your own. And that's a challenge to each of our hearts. Luke 9.23 reads, Jesus said to the people, If any of you want to be my followers, you must forget about yourself. Take up your cross each day and follow me. The same idea is covered in Matthew and in Mark. And when you walk through that, you're going, Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. You know, I'll do that. But the thought of each day saying, it's not about my agenda. It's not about me. And to take that on is, is pretty significant. In other words, when I embrace the claims of Christ, the focus of my life no longer is about my pleasure or a claim or even comfort. You know, and, and all of us wrestle in, in certain measure with those things. Some of you have been turning 30 in the last couple years, and uh, I know it was very traumatic for some of you. Um, what happens when you're not the prettiest girl in the room? Suddenly, you're realizing, it's not all about me. And that, that can be rough. And you can have been saying, I've been a lover of Jesus all these years, but uh, I still don't like the feeling of that when not everybody's looking at me. And, and it's, it's the same for guys. Everybody wants to be the man, right? You, you like it when, when people notice. I had an experience shortly after I came to town. I met with another pastor for lunch, and uh, hi, I'm John, and he told me his name, and he kept calling me Pastor Tuttle. And somewhere in the conversation, I said, yeah, you can call me John. Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> he never did call me by my first name. I went home livid. <laughs> and, you know, later I'm trying to figure, what got me so wound up? He was seeing me as his father's generation, so I was a senior figure to him. And I realized, I never am going to be called bro again, <laughs> you know? And it stung, you know, it was like, maybe it's time to die, you know? <laughs> no, but... Yeah, Papa wasn't quite so hard, but I'd barely gotten done <laughs> handling Dad. And, and I got these little ones running around calling me Papa, and everybody's introducing me as Grandpa. And you're going, that went quick. 
Well, I mean, those, those things are, are a part of our lives all the way through. And Jesus is saying, every day we make decisions that either embrace the Lordship of Christ or chase our own pursuits. I, my, my dad's birthday today is today. He's 84. I just spent part of this week saying, you don't get to take your own medicines anymore or make your own meals, but... Um, Others are going to do that for you. You don't get to drive anymore. You're going to sell your car. You don't get to go where you want to go. You don't get to write the checks anymore because it, you just aren't, it's not happening. And so even your control of money is not yours anymore. That's brutal for a man that's been independent. Well, he dropped out of school in eighth grade started farming and doing his own thing from that point on, taking responsibility for himself. And suddenly there's this shrinking. And so you wrestle through, why do we go through this aging where at the end of life in particular, others are doing for us, except that we're forced once again to realize our own mortality in that whatever we've been able to do physically is still temporal. It's this life. Whatever mental acuity we've had and wisdom, it's still basically temporal, the wisdom of this life, so to speak. And so in some ways, the graciousness of our God ordains it for most to walk through a season like this where there's one more shot at understanding how temporal all of this is, and how fragile in comparison to the eternal. But what Jesus calls us to is saying, forget about your agenda and embrace mine. And then this declaration, daily take up your cross, essentially, what was the cross in Jesus' mind? He had a destiny to fulfill while he was here on earth, and he's saying, this is what the fathers call me to. This is what I'm marching to. This is what I call you to. Embrace the destiny that is yours in Christ and let that be the driving force of your life day after day after day after day. And so the, the easy question is, what choices have you made in Christ today? Oh, unfair question. You came to church. What choices in Christ did you make yesterday? I mean, if this is a daily occurrence, then even things like our angers, you know, at the end of the day, we're saying, or hopefully during the day, I'm releasing this. In Christ, I know what's appropriate. This is a path I'm going to walk whether I feel it or not. Issues of pride come up and we're going, well, I know who I am in Christ, that's enough. Finance, and we're going, I don't know, I'm going to trust God in this moment, whether I see the answer for this or not. And we, we make those choices day after day after day. And the cumulative effect is picking up the cross, walking forward in Him. Um, 
I saw a thing this week, just a picture, kind of, it was attached to Facebook. I don't even remember the details of it, but it was a picture of a, a number of people from a concentration camp, just skin and bones. You know, their, their sex was hardly identifiable because they were so skinny, right? And there was a statement, you know, this had been written on a wall, if there is a God, he's going to have to apologize to me. And, and that's a stark comment, right? And I was chewing on that for a little bit, and then I'm going, except that my God came to earth, had his beard plucked out, endured a whipping, and then was crucified on a cross. And, and so he walked through as much pain as you can walk through. And the scorn of others, and, and yet he endured that and, and came through it victorious. And so I'm going, no, he doesn't have to apologize. And, you know, when I, I look, I mean, what, what, were, what was the purpose of the cross? You know, the Romans had found a way of saying, you mess with us, we're going to make life very painful for you. You get in the way, and this is what happens to those that cause a, a stir. And, and so they were going, this could be very brutal on you if you choose to cross the Roman government. So, you know, don't argue with me, well, you know, there's worse ways to die. This is the best they could come up with. And that's what they did. And so in that regard, when we're looking at our lives and we're trying to say, okay, how do I live? There's this opportunity in each day to make choices. And we either choose, you know, this path of pleasure or comfort or, or you know, gathering attention. Or we say, God, it's your world your kingdom, and I'm making choices that are consistent with that in you. This affects even when I, I walk through the, like the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. In other words, I'm saying, I, I'm tied to you. I'm part of your household. You, you know, it's your house, your rules, your... But I, I appreciate being a part of this. And furthermore, this holy is your name, it's like... You're perfect. You make good decisions. You're wise. And so I'm embracing that. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. In other words, it's about your agenda, not mine. This is what I'm embracing. And so when I'm looking at things and I'm trying to decide, I'm saying, what do you want? How, how, how is this playing out in, in your sight? And that's the choice that I'm making to walk in that. Give us this day our daily bread. And again, it's not give us the new car, the new house, the new, you know. I mean, how many times do we get, sure wish we could paint that thing. It looks so old. Be grateful for the daily bread, so to speak. You know, all of us crave more. 
most of us have enough furniture to, to put another half a house together. You know? It, but it's like, well, I, I could upgrade. You know, that'd be better yet. And yet, in Christ, there's this question, how much is necessary? This really is, you know, locked into me right now because of unloading a whole house of stuff, you know, and, and trying to make, you know, get it out, and you're just kind of going, wow. <laughs> and then I think about my own accumulation, and it's, <laughs> have fun, kids. No, I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll try to do better. Not promising a thing. Uh, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. On a daily basis, this needs to happen. You weren't designed to carry that bitterness and anger and rage. You, you just, you know, you want to do the best thing you can for yourself health-wise? Learn how to deal with your angers. Shed that stuff. It, it makes a huge difference. To, to just be able to release, truly release. To be able to say, God, what you have in light of eternity and what is promised to me is sufficient that no matter what happens in this temporal life, it's not worth it hanging onto, my, onto me and my approach to things. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. The evil one. You know, it, truth is, all of us wrestle with temptations and struggles, and we have an adversary. But we're calling out and saying, that's not the path that I want to go down. That's not the, the, the direction for me. And again, there's this affirmation at the end of the prayer, for thy kingdom and the glory and the power forever. Amen. Now, I want to make a shift or transition. We're going to do a water baptism today. And briefly, I want to go through seven symbols associated with this. Because we treat this as a, a symbolic representation of what's incurring in our lives. And in the New Testament, this was attached to salvation. It was part of the salvation process, so to speak, where people embraced Christ, they were baptized. Uh, it, it had wider cultural application in that day. I mean, John the Baptist came before Jesus, but he was baptizing people under repentance. You know, the, the idea is that, you know, with the community water source and not having water in everybody's homes, they had to, they had to go down to the river or the, the pool or whatever, you know, and, and gather water. And so it often became the, the central meeting place. And people would, in baptism, say, my life is changing. My life's different. This is what we're participating in. And, you know, for us, we practice what we call believer's baptism. You know, and that's even varied through the centuries. There was a time when people were afraid of sinning after they got baptized, so they'd try to wait till they were almost dead and then quick get baptized because they knew how prone they were towards sin. Other traditions go, this is so important, we're going to baptize this child just to be safe. You know, we're, our approach is to say, 
there are some symbols that we attach to this, and this is what we want to acknowledge as a part of our belief in Christ. And so I want to walk through those. Uh, first, we're recognizing our heritage and God's activity in history. And we're saying God has saved people out of some watery situations that would have killed them otherwise. So our God has power over the environment. He has power over all things. And so when Noah walks through the flood, you know, or comes through the flood, that was a supernatural event. When the children of Israel walked through the Red Sea, that was a supernatural event. When they walked through the Jordan River at flood stage, that was a supernatural event. And in a smaller picture, when Jonah was in the, the belly of the fish for three days, you know, comes out of a stormy ocean and, and gets vomited on land, that was a supernatural event. Jesus says, the sign of Jonah will be shown to you. That leads me into my second point. It says, Jesus lived, died, and rose again. So in some ways we're saying, like just going into the grave, you know, being buried in this water, there's this acknowledgement, Jesus lived on earth, died, rose again into life, came out of the grave victorious. Thirdly, Christ has washed away our sin. He, you know, just like you, you wash your hands every day with water, right? Well, you should. Okay, um, take care of the rest of you as well. That'd be great. Um, but, you know, it's been associated with cleansing for centuries. And so we're saying what's happened inside of my life is that my sin is washed away by Christ. We're also recognizing that we were spiritually dead but are now spiritually alive. We've been born by the Spirit, into Christ. You know, that, that there's been something new awakened in us when we come into salvation. Finally, second, or fifthly, not secondly or thirdly. Okay. We proclaim Jesus is Lord in death to our own self-interest. So there's a death taking place. There's a new life starting. We're saying Jesus is the one who gets the right to call the shots in my life. So again, that's part of the symbolism that we're participating in. Here, we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. The idea of Holy Spirit baptism draws from its, the imagery of water baptism. And there's a saying that essentially, we have the promise or opportunity of being drenched in the Holy Spirit. Having the presence of God come over our lives and wash over us and do powerful things to transform us. But that's what's our opportunity in the Lord. Then finally, we may physically die, but we will live forever with Christ and his people. So that, you know, we have this hope of eternal life. We have this hope of Christ's return. Most of us, <laughs> unless through returns, we're all going to die, Right? physically, but we have this constant hope that says physical death is only the beginning to the next season of life. We're going to live eternally in him. What a wonderful thing that is. So we're going to participate in this baptism. It's going to take me a couple minutes together. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up and do a song with us, and a couple guys are going to help get the thing ready. Okay.
We thank you that you bring us into salvation. You've washed away our sins. You've brought us into a community that will live forever with you. You've given us new life. Now, Lord, as each one walks through that, I pray that everyone here would walk into a similar commitment, willing to deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow you. As they go into the community, I pray that you'll give them words of life to speak over others. I ask that you'll enable them to carry out the workings of your kingdom. Empower them with the supernatural. Be lifted up and exalted, our Lord, we pray. Amen.